Hey there, welcome to episode 38 of the Cafe Genius Impresarios audio program. I'm your host, Dan Hugo, solo today, as usual, easier to book. I always show up, almost always. Uh, it is 12.40 a.m. here in Las Vegas on Thursday, November 16th, 2023. We are just getting into, no, not Global Entrepreneur Week, no, not Military Influencer Conference, no, not Thanksgiving, that's next week. So it must be Formula One, the most important thing in the world. Thus, you are joining us today for The Fun Economy, spelled F1UN. If you'd like to pronounce that as uh, f one Uneconomy, I will leave that to you. By the way, I am uh, recording this with a fire a smoke detector, CO2 detector, C- uh, sorry, CO, carbon monoxide detector that still thinks it has a dead battery, which is weird, probably a defect. So if I don't manage to edit out a chirping noise, that's that's how things are. <laughs> On with the show. So I don't know if you've heard this before. I may have mentioned it once or twice, but there's a belief, there's a hype cannon shooting headlines all over the place that Las Vegas is going to be the next Silicon Valley, that we will be a tech hub, although not officially not on the federal government list of tech hubs, but uh, that we will be blowing up, that we will, we will be out of control with tech startups and unicorns, big exits, massive returns for investors. And all of that would be wonderful. I'm not here to tell you that I don't want those things. That would be lovely. However, I'm also here to tell you that even though it's a silly name, <laughs> the fun economy is rightfully the thing to focus on. And so people in Vegas do, uh, from the top down. And I will get into where we, the entrepreneurial innovators, come in. Hint, bottom up. So um, let's see. If you are entrepreneurial and you're focused on tech innovation, there's some good reasons to be in or near Vegas. That's uh, something I have determined over the last 10 years that I've lived here. I did move here from Silicon Valley. Um, Not all of them are good reasons to stay here or to be near but there are some good ones. But let's be clear, the fun economy is the future of the core economy. There may be some additions to it. Uh, professional sports have just been added in to the mix, legitimately. Um, keeping it fun, with an, spelled with an F1, is though the future. Tech will figure in, entrepreneurialism will figure in, innovation will figure in, but we will not be the next Silicon Valley. Let's get into it. Uh, I have a lot of links, like a dozen about Formula One, a couple more about some other things. They're in the show notes. Hopefully you are able to locate the show notes. If you are not able to locate the show notes during Thanksgiving week, my plan is to finally post the website for Cafe Genius needs some major additions for our downtown project retrospective, which is looking back our Entrepreneurial ecosystem introspection, uh, introspective, yeah, is about looking today and to the future. And then our audio programs need a real home that is not LinkedIn. So they will be posted on our website, get that rolled out during Thanksgiving and with proper show notes. Spotify does a horrible job. So uh, thank you for listening to all this administrata. Now let's get started. That's what innovation takes time and uh, I wear all the hats. So I'm going to rifle through a couple of links. Uh, the links to these are in the show notes, in the links section. Lewis Hamilton makes F1 circus, in single quotes, plea after backlash from Las Vegas locals. Uh, Hamilton is a seven-time world champion and is basically apologizing for the chaos that's in the independent uh, UK online publication. You can read the body of that. I'll try to skip through these pretty quickly because who wants to listen to me read headlines? I'm not Jay Leno. A column in the Associated Press, AP, APnews.com. F1 learns it overestimated fan demand for Las Vegas, the most expensive race of the year. So if you've not seen various other links and articles and news coverage, uh, prices that were exorbitant several months ago are actually coming down uh, as recently as today, the 15th. By the way, that uh, Lewis Hamilton article was published on the 15th. This AP column was, I think, on the 13th. Yeah, 
13th of November. So these are all reasonably current. Uh, you know, the latest news is that the prices are falling, maybe overestimated demand. Las Vegas is a destination city. People come here for the strip, resorts, casinos, gaming, uh, shopping, shows, general entertainment, uh, a weekend away, sometimes getting over something. Uh, if you're a local, you know construction is uh, is a, just a thing. There's always more construction to do. But certainly tearing up the strip, cutting down the trees in front of Bellagio, blocking the fountain, the water show at the Bellagio to put up the paddock, not well-named. It is what it is, but it certainly brings back October 1st memories for some. The, the experience for tourism, the, the visitors to the greater Vegas area, certainly has been impacted by this major bet, and maybe that has driven demand down. Who knows? Uh, there was just a race in Austin. If you're a race fan, I'll leave that to you, but there was, uh, there was a race in Austin. So we'll see how Vegas brings the fans um, okay, back to the headlines. Uh, Max Verstappen uh, races for Red Bull, Oracle Red Bull team. Uh, he is not looking forward to the race. He said the track is kind of basic, not very exciting, maybe not worth all the trouble. There have been a few sentiments like that, sort of like Hamilton, that first one I mentioned. So that was from uh, also from November 13th from planetf1.com. Uh, here's a surprise from Friday, the, what would that be? It doesn't have the date. So silly. Like the 10th, 10th of, uh, November formula one did, didn't, did not realize Las Vegas would be cold in November. A lot of people don't realize that. However, if you are planning a race and if you've ever seen, uh, uh, what was it? The thunder, uh, whatever the, the, uh, Tom Cruise movie. You know that tires are racing. That was uh, one of the quotes in the movie. No, racing is rubbing. Rubbing is racing. Tires. Tires are very important now. Uh, you, cannot, you cannot even stay on the track if your tires are not helping you out. So Pirelli, the makers of some tires for these cars, has expressed some concern because not only is it going to be very cold, uh, it could drop down to, I think, the 40s, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, they're concerned if it drops below, I think it was four to six degrees Celsius, which is about 40, 40 ish degrees Fahrenheit. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes on the, uh, on the bonus program, there's a forecast for rain. So we'll see if it rains overnight. Usually it does rain at night in Vegas if it's going to rain. So we'll see the race is at night to be, uh, on European time. So we are currently minus eight. UTC is uh, eight hours ahead. So the race, I believe, starts at 11.30 p.m. And uh, that's 8.30 a.m. Did I get that right? 7.30 a.m. So in, in uh, the Greenwich Mean Time, universal coordinated time, somewhere in England on that, on that line. So if you're in Europe, you'll be watching it during the early part of the day. If you're in Vegas, it will be the middle of the night when it's nice and cold. There's a reason I'm covering this stuff like this, by the way. Stick with me. Promise. Uh, as recently as October 10th, which is when this article was published in the Review Journal, uh, how will strip workers get around during F1? LVCVA, the Las Vegas Convention of Visitors Authority, thinks it has an answer. So picture this. You're in a room. You've got dollar signs in your eyes. You're talking to the Formula One officials. You're booking this event. You're very excited. You're going to be bringing 1.5-ish billion dollars to the uh, to the economy. I think that's what it was. 1.5 billion, something like that. Immense amounts of piles of cash. Piles of cash. That cash will come in at the top. Are you listening? It will come in at the top and it will trickle down to the rest of the people of Vegas. Let's not even worry about how the people that work in Vegas are going to get to work because we're going to block off most of their ways to get to work if they work anywhere near the Strip. Uh, the numbers I've seen are something like about 100,000. Let's see if it says it in this article. Uh, da, 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 da. They're not mentioning. Are they mentioning? Yeah, they didn't. Really, oh, no. Oh, they say 10,000 hotel employees will need to get to the race area. But from other articles I've read, there's something like 100,000 people employed on the strip at any given time. Or at, at a, 
100,000 people employed at the strip, maybe 10,000 at a given time in a given area. So the general concern, though, was how am I supposed to get to work if everything is slowed down or stopped or blocked completely during the race or before the race or after the race? So this was something that was still a concern as recently as October 10th. This seems like the sort of thing you would think about when you're signing that contract. How are we going to break the city? How are we going to avoid breaking the city? Amazing. Also from the Associated Press on November 14th, tourists find that the Las Vegas Strip... I added a word. Tourists find the Las Vegas Strip remade for its... That doesn't make sense. Tourists find the Las Vegas Strip remade for its turn hosting Formula One. Okay, that doesn't sound too bad. So we are a destination city. We are built on all those things. The entertainment, the tourism, the shopping, the shows, the the gaming, the lounging, adult vacations, family vacations, a quick, a quick weekend away. So the strip was essentially broken, uh, construction, traffic, blocking some of our lovely sights to see, the, the uh, Bellagio Fountain, the gondola ride at the Venetian. This means if you're at Mon Ami, you are looking at the paddock. You're not seeing the water show. Uh, pedestrian bridges with uh, films on the glass so that people could not see the show, uh, the, the cars racing by during the actual race. So fees being charged, otherwise blockage in place for the venues. So they, they didn't want people getting a free look at the, uh, the racing. So this has had a, a, a longer term uh, leading up to the race impact on tourists visiting. Um, I've seen countless YouTubers and articles and commentary and tweets and so on and so on that this was not a good time to come. I wouldn't come to Vegas for this, etc. From Forbes. Uh, why the Las Vegas Grand Prix is Formula One's biggest bet ever. And that is from November 12, 2023. This is a big wager. The last time there was a uh, Formula One race here, it was in 1982, and it was not held on the strip. And that was a point of contention that led to the race going away for a while until they could get this deal sorted. Now we have the MSG Sphere, we have Resorts World, we have uh, a post-pandemic uh, spring-like return to strong tourism numbers, about 40 million people per year visiting. That information is available on the LVCVA website, also in the show notes, in the research part of the website. So is the Formula One race going to be a thing? Uh, Forbes is asking that question now before before I get started. Uh, the verdict on the-race.com. What makes or breaks a new F1 race like Vegas? And there's a, a bunch of fairly useful but not really surprising things uh the fan base so much like the raiders are the fans going to show up maybe the prices are falling so maybe not as many as they hoped a three item checklist is one of the subheads uh the track uh as uh as one of the drivers said the track is kind of boring it's it's a very drawn out track uh i don't really drive formula one too often but it it looks pretty straightforward a couple of turns uh, the race should be very important, uh, as the, uh, what was the guy's name? I have it right here. As Max says, it's, uh, it's more about the, the place than the race. That's one of his concerns. So that's one of the items in the Forbes article. Why are we doing this? Name the circuit properly. The Las Vegas strip circuit. That's what they, uh, that's what they call it. I didn't know that was the official name. Simply being the strip circuit would have been better. I'm bored of autodromes. I think, yeah, so the name has to be catchy. That's marketing. Uh, too much of the same thing is one of the subheads. No track is really new anymore. So, mm. and uh, one of the subheads towards the bottom from Josh Suttil. Las Vegas looks like the wrong recipe. Hmm. The fit matters more than the layout. Interesting. You can't force freshness. Hmm. You can't just sprinkle money on top and make it work. Anyway, so that's the, the basic rundown of the Forbes article. Yeah, what would you call the the uh, the track, the Las Vegas uh, Strip sensation? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. The fastest cars have ever moved on this street. <laughs> anyway, so so we're coming to the end. I promise. I promise. Stick with me. A couple more. Uh, F1 apologizes to Las Vegas for disruption caused by new night race in the Guardian. That was from Monday, 13 November. 
So these are all current. These are all waiting to the last minute. And as a local, we all know this has been a thing kind of escalating in irritation and frustration for two months, three months, maybe. Uh, certainly if you work on the strip, it's been an issue. If you've tried to travel along the strip, if the strip has been included in any of your commute or any other transit, transportation, entertainment plans, it's been a thing. It has been a, an impact on people who live here, certainly. If you come here for the weekend and you spent a ton of money, that is very frustrating. If you work on the strip and you need to get to work, that also costs money because you can't get to work. That was in the, uh, the Guardian. So that uh, that's the end of my Formula One article rundown. There are several like that. This I just want to give a flavor. Uh, in my opinion, this is what happens when top-down management of a thing like this doesn't account for impact, environmental impact, if you like, or economic impact. Yes, we're going to bring in a ton of money to the big companies, the resorts, the casinos, the um, the event adjacent components, maybe shows and restaurants. You know, you'll benefit from the tourism that we already have. So the question then will be, and this is why this is the pre-show. It's not the pre-show of the event itself, but it's pre-determining these things because over time we will learn if the hype matches the numbers. So promises of all this money coming in, I believe it was a $500 million spend to get the construction and the, and so on. There was property purchased. I, that's not part of it. So infrastructure development footed by, I'm guessing, Clark County. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the numbers more so in the after, in the post show, in a couple of weeks or months, because I'm sure the numbers will take time to shake out. But essentially, you have a tremendous amount of money going in. It's an investment, just like building a stadium or um, there, there was no, no investment in the Sphere that I'm aware of. But the Sphere is a MSG Sphere is now a separate company. They dropped, what, $2.3 billion. They lost $94 million operating losses for the year. That doesn't seem too outlandish, all things considered. There are some finer points. You, have to, you can't look at an opaque number like that. But similarly, you cannot look at just $500 million spent here or whatever other expenditures. So the, the after party from... Formula One will be very telling. A couple of the more important things to realize are what impact did it have on tourism? Uh, By way of example, I'll say that the CES show, uh, basically on normal years, not uh, 2021 to be sure, normal years, uh, something like 180,000 people would come to Vegas for that show. The show itself is quite large. The largest trade show, arguably, give or take. Uh, guess what? If you look at the lvcba.com research tab of the website, so slash research, you can get year over year, week over week, month over month, you can get all kinds of tourism data and you will see that CES does not actually impact, uh, the, the tourism rates. It's, it's not, it's not an extra 180,000 people. It's because there's uh, 155,000 rooms now in the resorts and hotels and so on. So 155,000 rooms now, that hasn't always been true, but there's a a certain amount of space, there's a certain number of rooms. So there's a a reasonable cap on the number of visitors. You know, it's a practical limit. So what they do during CES, for example, because I have been on the, the visiting side of this, the room rates go up tremendously. They go up to five, 600 bucks. And they know that people coming here are, being expensed. They're part of a, a contingent of exhibitors and, and lecturers and presenters and so on. So their, their room is being picked up by a company. It's a, it's a marketing expense. It's not, it's just the cost of doing business. So rooms being in the $500 range or more is just par for the course here. The rooms were going for, I think 700, 2000, there were tourism packages in the, you know, five digits. You know, room, food, week, a week of staying. That's that's a nice package. <laughs> so if that's what they're considering to be uh, addition to the economy, you just have to remember that there are not necessarily more tourists coming. In fact, you may reduce the total number of tourists. You'll increase the number of tourists here for Formula One racing because normally there are very few tourists in Las Vegas for Formula One racing, especially in November. 
but it's important to note where the distribution of tourism ends up because of a particular expenditure. Uh, CES, because it's an ongoing concern, I think, uh, I want to say like 20 years, give or take. So it's got some momentum behind it. People know when it is. They show up. It's at the convention center. There's now there's uh, chartered RTC buses instead of the large white commuter buses from what I've observed recently. Uh, we now have Lyft and Uber, so there's not the rush of taxis clogging up the works. Uh, <laughs> the magic of the loop, the boring tunnel. So the evolution around large trade, show, large trade shows, especially like CES, has been interesting and um, useful. These are not, they're innovations, sort of. They're adaptations to market requirements to sustain a tourist or visitor volume. Uh, those things certainly are reusable for other events through the year. So these are uh, evolutionary innovations in and around Greater Vegas for the purpose of supporting visitors. And that's what we're good at here. That's why we should lean into it. So why am I talking about all this stuff? Well, as I think I mentioned at the top of the show, there is a, there's the Military Influencer Conference, which I should get a, a link to. So I'll try to add that to the notes. Military Influencer Conference is this week. So is the Global Entrepreneur Week is also this week. Global event, Military Influencer Conference, a national event, both in Las Vegas, both this week. If you look at our local media, you will see nary a mention because entrepreneurialism is interesting. Uh, military in, uh, influencers are interesting. I believe there are 166,000 plus vets, veterans living in and around the greater Vegas area, Southern Nevada. That's a nice number. 2.3 million people total, 577,000 in Las Vegas proper. These are census numbers and I'm recalling them from memory. So if we... Uh, if we look at 166,000, 166, if I can slow down, so excited. Uh, that's actually a, a substantial percentage. It's among the highest in the nation for a locality. So we have a, a lot of veterans only here. So that's good. Good for us. Good for them, hopefully. So Military Influencer Conference here is uh, it's kind of a big deal. Not much mention. The Global Entrepreneur Week, same thing. So it's a pretty big deal. There are not a lot of events. There are not a lot of uh, mentions. Doesn't get a lot of attention in our local media. This is a it's a general problem. I've mentioned it before. Anything having to do with entrepreneurialism, innovation, uh, anything small business, you're lucky if you get a, a lifestyle interview, a two-minute spot on a local normal legacy television station. Uh, you're better off doing a TikTok video of yourself but then being discovered on the TikTok video circuit if, you, if you're not found by the algorithm, so you have to have followers. Um, it's, a, it's a challenge. Discovery of these things is a challenge in general. That was pointed out in the Entrepreneurial Ecosystem Report from April, done by Mo Collins, who we had an episode with back then. So discovery, uh, knowing what's happening, being able to communicate with people, uh, a calendar of some sort, so we are left uh, with the chance of uh, chant, chanting of uh, F1, 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 F1. And then this week also the Oakland A's ownership is going to vote on whether they accept the generous offer of uh, cash payment to them to move to Las Vegas and tear down the Tropicana, build a stadium. And they provide some money that they have not identified a source for to complete the stadium and move a subpar baseball team also from Oakland following the Raiders uh, I have a story about the Oakland Coliseum when it was almost going to become the UMAX Coliseum when I was working at UMAX the Joint Powers Group was all good to go except for one baseball team put the kibosh as they say on the whole deal I don't remember what the name of that team was but it served an A so uh, you may not know this uh, Startup Week is coming up also November 28th. So that will be 10 days after Formula One. A good buffer after Thanksgiving. Startup Week sort of uh, sort of goes with Global Entrepreneur Week. I'll stick a link to Global Entrepreneur Week uh, Vegas in the show notes. So I need to add Military Influencer. Wait, let me add these to the notes. So many things to talk about. 
military influencer, uh, global entrepreneur week. Okay. So LB startup week. This brings me to my point. My point is this LB startup week is coming up on the, the November 28th to December 2nd timeframe. That is, that is a Tuesday through Saturday. It's like a trade show schedule. So there will be presenters. There will be, it's at a couple of different locations. I will not be attending. Why will I, I not be attending? Well, first of all, LB Startup Week is sponsored by Techstars, which is fine. I don't care about that. LB Startup Week, if I find that link. LB Startup Week, Las Vegas. Uh, what happens here scales here. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, I believe the event is free. You can be you can get a VIP pass. I have a link to this in the show notes, even though strictly speaking, I don't support this. Uh, it's a Techstars event. Techstars Las Vegas Startup Week. It is sponsored by Startup NV, Brex. Brex is an awful fintech company. I say awful because they started off as a small business uh, fintech company. They had a completely free uh, virtual debit cards, MasterCard-based uh, card system, so you could you could uh, manage your spend. They had some other nice features, but super easy to set up a bunch of virtual payments, so you could keep track of, you know, rather than using one, if you're a small company, a small business startup, you're paying your bills not with POs, but with uh, probably with checks, debit cards, uh, ACH payments, automated clearinghouse. So Brex made that super easy. I actually really liked their services at first. They were um, they were good. And then they did a bulk account closure of all small businesses. So if you had a Brex account, you're a small business, you're trying to do your business, your startup especially. Uh, oh, why are my accounts being closed? I, I went through this. And uh, oh, just because we've changed our deal. And so they're, I think they're focused on more, more dollar volume. They could be transparent about that. Instead, they just chose to be very uh, obtuse. It was not a pleasant experience. I would never do business with them. I don't support their support of this. It is what it is. Uh, Startup.Vegas, also a sponsor. So Startup NB, Startup.Vegas, by the way, those are the same company now. They've merged. I don't know if that's official. They've certainly been talking about it forever. Will the Review Journal ever do an article on that? which I spent 90 minutes talking to a reporter about. Probably not. And GoDaddy. GoDaddy's fine. Uh, they have their problems. They have their weirdness. But as domain registrars go, they've certainly been around for a while, so they get a pass. But it's a Techstars Las Vegas Startup Week, November 10th through December 2nd. That's wonderful. Why are we not having something homegrown? Why is this something that comes from somewhere else? This is a top-down thing, right? If we are going to be the next Silicon Valley, which we are not, but let's pretend if we're going to be the next Silicon Valley, why is it that something as simple as a startup week to celebrate startups? And by the way, this will be completely focused on tech. I would love to see entrepreneurialism celebrated. I would like to see startups celebrated. I think I've talked about the face calendar. That's um, that's still coming. I promise. Uh, focused attention calendars for everyone where we celebrate things like launching a startup whether it's a restaurant or a bar or a food truck or a software application or a destination gym or anything. If, you, if you're a startup in or around the greater Vegas area and we're going to be this uh, up-and-comer, our ecosystem needs some light shining on it. And that light will not come from legacy media or government agencies, nor from awful sponsors. That's why I'm a fan of Bottom Up. So, yeah, Techstars coming up. You will find no coverage of this. You will find no coverage of this, Global Entrepreneur Week, Military Influencer Conference, or any individual startups that are doing anything interesting here in the greater Vegas area. So this week, they're going to present some things, some useful information. This week, Global Entrepreneur Week, there has been a calendar of events. Uh, great. What we do not do is do this on a regular basis, and we don't do it from within. We are satisfied with things like Tech Alley, which has 100, 120, 140 people showing up. 
Uh, as some of you know, I've stopped going. I went to, I attended 19 tech alleys in a row. My assessment after 19 times attending, and that's from 9 a.m. just before. We had the pitch workout room in the morning. Uh, I had another uh, meetup. Usually at 1.15, uh, it was the finale of Tech Alley, and then later the rally of Tech Alley. This was a uh, Innovate for Vegas Foundation gathering, taking advantage of the forums and platform that is Tech Alley. And Tech Alley is good for that. Unfortunately, it's very transactional, and it is a checkbox on many people's calendar. They did their thing. See you next month. It is not the beginning or ongoing uh, communication and celebration and enabling and encouraging. It's not a part of a growing. I mean, the same number of people show up. Uh, I don't mean to complain about Tech Alley. I can do a whole episode on that if you like. But it is an indication that when left to someone else to do things, you get what you get. Uh, here, the top-down approach for Formula One, the reason I'm making this an example, is a tremendous amount of money is spent, many promises are made, many difficulties are unleashed upon the masses, the promises are a general trickle-down approach to benefit. So all that money that was spent and all the inconvenience and the risk uh, for people trying to get to work or conduct other business will be rewarded when the money trickles down from the top. Okay? So my concern is when you leave the direction of an entrepreneurial ecosystem, uh, its development, its uh, cultivation, when you leave that to the people at the top, you're going to get what you get. If you hire a person to be that guy. If you hire a person to be the director of entrepreneurial development for Southern Nevada, and that person is not a real entrepreneur, but a politician, for example, you're going to get a political take on entrepreneurialism. If you let the government uh, create meetings and drive communication, you're going to get government thinking. And we all know, as the former President Reagan once said, his famous 13 words, I'm from the government, I'm here to help. Is that 13 words? I am from the government and I am here to help. It's 11 words. I'm, that must be, I thought it was 13 words. Anyway, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. That's usually the most frightening thing you'll ever hear. So we cannot leave uh, the higher ups who are not entrepreneurs to somehow enable and encourage and cultivate and uh, lead to the emergence of a strong, vibrant, vital and uh, worthwhile for your time and effort, uh, entrepreneurial innovation ecosystem. That really needs to be either a joint effort or driven by the people who need it. That's us. That's my bottom-up approach. So I have a couple more articles. So yeah, you're, you're not going to hear about Techstars Las Vegas Startup Week unless you are already looking for it. You might see it on LinkedIn. Startup NV has been paying for advertising on LinkedIn, the only place anybody ever finds any information in sunny in uh, Las Vegas, sunny Las Vegas, in, uh, in, in our, uh, in our broken communication scheme. If you're not building a stadium or paving the strip, you, or you got to commit crimes or politics, you're not going to get much attention. And I think that's where we really let our entrepreneurial ecosystem down is our communication or lack of. So from October 26, Bo Bernard is the Vice President of Economic Development at UNLV. He chants, he is chanting very often, the, uh, the importance, the vitality, the future of our fun economy, hence the title of this episode. The fun economy, fun economy, fun economy, a comedy. The fun economy is big business. Of course it is. It's been the core of uh, Las Vegas for decades. There are other businesses here, the nuclear test site. We have two military bases, Creech and Nellis uh, Air Force. We have certainly a, a large veterans administration presence because of our veteran population. We have various, we have a medical, we have a, a fairly well-reviewed VA hospital, in fact. Uh, there's a medical school in some state of affair at UNLV. We have the College of Southern Nevada has become Southern Nevada University. Is that what it is? It's been renamed recently. 
etc. So there, there are other things going on here to enable other types of business and economic drivers. But, you know, tourism is definitely up there when you add in, uh, you know, so visitors, tourism in general, you add conventions, you add conferences, the associated elevation of room rates, extra spend. But there is, there is, like I said earlier, there's a steady state of visitors. So week over week, barring, you know, global pandemics and so on, it's pretty, pretty predictable, probably driven more by, uh, you know, larger economic concerns like inflation, stock market, who knows, uh, you know, general housing. If people are short on cash, they do still come to Vegas. I will, uh, side note, when I used to work for LeapFrog, toy company, there is a truth. People, even when they are short on money, will spend for their kids and for their pets. So I have to wonder if Las Vegas is considered a child or a pet. But people do come here, even when they don't have a ton of money to lose, and then they lose it anyway. We're counting on that. So come on down. So the fun economy, though, I'm, I can't say that I'm a huge fan of Bo Bernard. I don't see him in my interactions uh, adjacent to him. I've, I've had very little interaction with Bo Bernard directly, but uh, he doesn't really do much for me for entrepreneurialism outside of what would fall into the fun economy. Another headline from the Las Vegas Review Journal from October 25. This is the time of year. Can Las Vegas win the fun economy battle to diversify its economy? Uh, <laughs> the fun economy battle. So remember, Las Vegas is a destination city. Uh, and in fact, I'll, I'll read the Bo Bernard quote. When we're talking about the fun economy, so sports, tourism, and entertainment... It is nine times bigger than the global pharmaceutical industry. If that's true, then why on earth would we put that at risk, breaking it possibly, to do things like gentrify housing, cost of living increases associated with making a tech hub, making the next Silicon Valley, bring Silicon Valley people here to visit, have them stay in hotel rooms, pay for rooms and restaurants and transportation, contribute to our economy, then go home. <laughs> That's what we have 40 million people doing every year. The population of Southern Nevada is 2.5 million. It, that's over the course of a year. It increases by a factor of like uh, 18 for uh, 16, maybe, uh, give or take. So uh, yeah, 16. By, uh, 16. by a factor of 16 for the year from people visiting. You can read other headlines at other times about monthly um, casino gaming wins. It's not, it's not measured in individual dollars. <laughs> it's just got a lot of zeros after that. So there's a lot of money coming in from people simply gaming. Uh, professional sports is a thing. Uh, professional sports that take place in confined areas like baseball, football, there's a case to be made for those. Uh, minimal impact on transit, road construction, minimal. I don't mean none, but I do mean, uh, it makes, there's a, there's an easier case to be made for those. So the reason, uh, that this is all interesting though, to me, for example, by the way, uh, when, when we talk about the fun economy, it's important to realize, it's important to realize that, wait, I have one more link here. Do I have one more link here? Nope. I've gone through all the links. Good. And I, so I have to add the two. I've added them to notes. Thinking out loud. So it's important to realize that if there is going to be a top-down push towards making the next Silicon Valley here in Vegas, if Vegas is going to blow up, as I've heard, I love that quote because it's ridiculous, but none of what I'm saying now means that you cannot be an entrepreneur in Vegas. I am. You can be. If you are already, great. Here's my thing about entrepreneurs. You cannot wait for someone else to do things. That's what being an entrepreneur is. Uh, there's a quote, and I cannot give the attribution today. I wish I could. Maybe I'll try to find it in the show notes again. Uh, a version of its paraphrase. Uh, an entrepreneur is somebody with an idea and no money. Uh, the technical definition at the time, it was a German economist, I think. It's uh, someone with a, an innovation uh, attempting to connect the implementation with profitability, but that's essentially what it is. I have an idea, but I don't have any money. <laughs> so if you're an entrepreneur and something needs to be done, well, that's what you're trying to do. 
you're trying to fill a gap, uh, ease a pain point, try to turn that into a business, functional business possibly. Um, maybe you're looking for an, ex- an exit. Maybe you're looking for a long-term or lifestyle business. Maybe a coffee shop needs to exist on this corner. You can wait for someone else to open that coffee shop or you can do it yourself. Uh, local media, as I've referenced here already, does not do a decent at all job of covering these things here. They're more concerned with the big touristy uh, national news type things. We make national news all the time. As I'm speaking at this moment, some of you may have heard of uh, 15 people attacking and, and eventually killing due to his injuries uh, a high school student. You know, countless car thievery uh, incidents, burglaries in homes, shooting, stabbings etc. Those all make the news, the court cases around them and so on. But if you are entrepreneurial here, you are left your own devices. To quote a local entrepreneur here, a tech stars, a beneficiary, in fact, why is all the news I read about my company here in Vegas from somewhere else? He can't read about himself here because nobody covers it here. So these are the sorts of things you can't wait for other people to do. You're an entrepreneur. Dang it. You can't wait for other people. You do it. And if you don't have time to do it, you enable people who can do it or who want to do it. You don't tell them you're too busy. You provide moral support. You drop some names. You give some references. You put them together with some funding sources. You do something that might take you an hour, but you are playing a role, not waiting for someone else. And that is a problem here in Vegas. A lot of people wait for someone else to do something. That is why we tend to let events happen. We tend to let other people dictate how things will come about how things will unfold. We wait for direction. We wait for someone to show us how. Real entrepreneurs do not do that. There are real entrepreneurs in Vegas. And in my 10 years here, I've rediscovered it every time. The real busy entrepreneurs don't show up to events so often because they're real busy entrepreneurs. You can insert a comma between real and busy if you want or leave it out. Uh, The fact is though, uh, the, the fun economy is a thing that is being driven, is being driven from the top. It is being fueled by a massive number of tourists every year. It is profitable. If people at the top believe that they should let other people not at the top, at uh, public-private agencies overseeing our economy, for example, to if, if they should be allowed to somehow leave people with the impression that we can import talent from Silicon Valley, turn Las Vegas into the next Silicon Valley, Big tech booms, exits, riches galore, massive uh, returns on investment for venture capital. If that will happen without something even more ridiculous than the road paving, construction, and other chaos brought upon us by the Formula One situation, that is some rose-colored glasses that I need a pair of. Uh, If you look at the pandemic, and I don't have the numbers here in front of me, but during the pandemic, there was a rise in housing costs. There was a, something like 15 to 25% rent increase. Uh, availability, uh, their, their housing inventory is being um, built out as I'm speaking. Right near where I am, there are multiple apartment complexes being built. So high-density housing is being built. Uh, I'm sure there are some housing developments in some of the nicer parts of town. I think I just said I don't live in a nice part of town. Most people don't. So the housing inventory thing is coming up as our housing market is only becoming more bizarre. But the bottom line is, if you price people out, if you're in the service industry, if you're working on the Strip or adjacent, if you're working on Fremont or in anywhere downtown in the service industry, and your rent goes up 25%, and then we at the same time are are, uh, shunning our tourists, our visitors, our our 40 million... (laughs) then it suddenly becomes less interesting for you to put yourself at risk to sustain an economy that is not helping to sustain you. So if we consider our inorganic tech scene development as something that can take place artificially by sprinkling some money on top and hoping that people will import themselves and their employees and presumably their families where applicable to Las Vegas, Without that having a dramatic effect on the people already here, that is, well, it is legal to smoke that here. That must be what it is. So those are my concerns. Uh, I've spent a lot of time examining all these things. The, uh, the round table was intended to 
examine these issues so we could determine how to make a better Las Vegas. That is what it will take to enable and encourage entrepreneurialism here, entrepreneurial innovative e innovator ecosystem, entrepreneurial innovation ecosystem, one of those, will work better, will thrive more likely if it is developed, cultivated, supported from the bottom up by the people who need it. The people who need it will make it work because they're the ones who have to make it work. It has to work for them. So they have to make it work. Uh, if we leave it to chance, if we leave it to top down where money drives many good and bad decisions, we get what we get. I'm speaking to you as an entrepreneurial innovator myself. I have a vested interest. Uh, we must all be careful with how we invest our time and our energies, which are at the end of the day money. And so uh, occasionally we need to uh, change it up. We have to be more aware of things that are happening uh, that will have a direct impact on our ability to operate, to grow, to thrive. And when decisions like the Formula One race, which is luckily, it appears to be survivable, but if we let that happen at ecosystem scale for a longer term, uh, the downtown project over the course of five years had some good and bad, but at the end of the day, it has now been five years later, approximately, five years later, let's look at the downtown project where it is today. Let's see what is continuing to work. Let's see what did not work or is not working. And when we look at our ecosystem, let us not look to things like the Oakland A's, the Formula One racetrack, the Stripitude, strip Striparama. Let's look at things like the downtown project, which have taken place in a sizable footprint in downtown Las Vegas, very near, in fact, within the innovation district, the one we are so fond of uh, touting. And by the way, uh, Clark County was going to try to be an innovation hub. It was not listed as one of the 31 localities in the federal government's funding plans for innovation hubs. Part of their plan was to build an innovation district somewhere along the 215, I think, south. Uh, I did a whole episode on that before. But the take-home is that some of the things that people are coming up with here are ridiculous. I would like to see more people who are entrepreneurial interact, not necessarily kill a Saturday uh, with transactional flim-flammery, but actually communicate, refer, especially when it comes to talent identification. Uh, there's a whole entire discussion to be had around the innovation hub idea and whether we would be better off with an innovation destination concept where we, I have some crazy ideas here, enable convergent ide ideation, innovation, and implementation with resources here on the ground. So that means the tech park should be getting the same amount of attention to construction rate pacing as did the track, as will the stadium. Like throw some money behind this stuff. Build out the tech park, make facilities, because guess what? Companies are not gonna move here and build those facilities themselves. Uh, one of the things that Silicon Valley has that's, that Las Vegas does not, I was asked this 10 years ago when I first moved here. We don't have all of the places that people need to do their work when they're innovating. You know, we don't have electronics labs. We don't have uh, circuit board prototyping facilities. We don't have, you know, we have some 3D printers. We have a maker space or two. We have very apathetic people driving those programs. Sometimes they're with the city of Las Vegas. Um, the, the interconnectedness of all things is not apparent yet. We'll see. I'm giving it 10 years. Uh, building a stadium or two is fine. Uh, tearing up the streets, cutting down trees, build a track, okay. But um, the Innovation District proposal for Clark County was based on coffee shops and bars and co-work spaces, which are all decent things. We know those are decent because we already have all those things. We already have all those things, and they are not full. Do we need more of those things? Not sure. Let's accelerate the tech park. Let's enable the fusion of academic talent, local talent and vendors and remote and transient entrepreneurs and innovators. So when you come to Vegas, innovate, collaborate, return, go back home, take advantage of our, lean into our Vegas economy, uh, fill those rooms, use our blazing fast internet, depending on where you are, eat at some restaurants, use available co-work spaces and take advantage of facilities at the tech park and the university. 
that don't exist anywhere else. Lab space, maybe you're doing some bio, maybe you're doing some exercise physiology, who knows? Any number of things. So those resources are in limited supply, but if people timeshare them, if they come here and we lean into Vegas, Vegas is very good at visitors, not good at residents. Uh, we can make that work. Research, external projects, rented and leased resources for part-time visiting innovators. These are what, things I just said. All should be coming up as quickly as racetracks and stadiums. See, I'm repeating myself because it's worth thinking about. And uh, let's make our education system here good. If we spent $500 million on a racetrack, on, on tearing up and smoothing out and blocking and otherwise uh, messing with the strip and the track that includes it, we can put that kind of money into our education system here, can't we? The children are our future. Like I said, 10 years. Kids in seventh grade right now will be graduating from college at about age 22, 10 years from now. What will the Vegas they enter, they matriculate into, what will it be, be for them? It will be built by entrepreneurial innovators, not by top-down bureaucrats looking with dollar signs through rose-colored glasses at supply-side economic benefit. And that is where I'll leave it today. Something to think about. I hope you will think about these things. Uh, we will circle back around probably, I'm going to say January, to do a post-analysis. We'll try to get some numbers on actual economic impact. Some of it may not be felt for a while. Uh, what was the tourism actually like during this week? We'll probably look at the week before, during, and after. Thanksgiving is tricky, but it is entirely possible that people just, they were planning a family gathering during Thanksgiving in Vegas. Why not? It's a four-day weekend. Maybe they decided against. So the impact of this race and its, um, its uh, second and third order effects will be interesting to look at, which we will. As you can hear, my voice has uh, already left the building. I shall follow it. Have a happy Formula One race. I hope your driver wins. I hope your team is victorious. I hope much milk is drank. I don't know if that's what they drink for these, but they do it for Indy, right? That's all. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, like, share, subscribe. Uh, visit the website after Thanksgiving. I'm sick and tired of Spotify as our primary. I'm sick and tired of LinkedIn. Make sure you uh, visit multiple websites. Don't just hang out on LinkedIn and look for the algorithm to feed you. That's just more top-down. Entrepreneurs, let's take back our ecosystem and make it work. Bye-bye.